Good morning. The first lesson is taken from Isaiah chapter 64, verses 1 through 9. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, so that the mountains would quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil. To make your name known to your adversaries, so that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down. The mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you, who works for those who wait for him. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you in your ways. But you were angry, and we sinned. Because you hid yourself, we transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. We all fade like a leaf. Our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. There is no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the hand of our iniquity. Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be exceedingly angry, O Lord, and do not remember iniquity forever. Now consider, we are all your people. The psalm we will read is from Psalm 80, and we'll read responsively by verse. Hear, O shepherd of Israel, leading Joseph like a flock, shine forth you that are enthroned upon the cherubim. Restore us, O God of hosts. Show the light of your countenance, and we shall be saved. You have fed them with the bread of tears. You have given them bowls of tears to drink. Restore us, O God of hosts. Show the light of your countenance, and we shall be saved. And so will we never turn away from you. Give us life that we may call upon your name. The second lesson comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, starting with verse 3. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 
I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind. Just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. This ends the morning lesson. Gospel according to St. Mark, the 13th chapter. Jesus said, In those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near, at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight or at cockcrow or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say, I say to you all, Keep awake. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Christ. At this time, the children's sermon, and I know then you'll be preparing for some rehearsal for the, uh, when you lead worship on the 17th of this month, third Sunday in Advent. You better this way. Almighty and gracious God, guide us as we share this time in giving thanks for your love and mercy upon us all. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are in the season of Advent, and Advent means to come, 
And do you see some changes that have occurred in this area of worship, your church? What's different? Right? A chrismon tree, perfect, yes. What else is different? Okay, waving is good. Oh, you're not waving at me. I see. <laughs> that fooled me. Okay. Anything else that's different? Well, the colors are different. It's blue. This will be blue for four weeks. There's, there's beautiful garland outside and here. A nativity... What? A tree. Perfect. Okay, so Advent... What? A star, very good. Well, we are in the Advent season and we are preparing for what's coming. What's coming is our celebration of Christmas and these decorations help us, or these help us. And we are also preparing always for the second coming of Christ, which we read about in that lesson from Mark at a time we can't predict. Each Sunday in Advent has a theme. Today the theme is hope, and we are hoping for Christ to return. And the second Sunday in Advent, I'm going ahead a little bit because next week Pastor Evan will be here, and he might be talking about something different. But next week the, the lesson or the, the moment or the message of the day is peace, and the third Sunday in Advent is joy, and the fourth Sunday in Advent is love. And those are important themes for us in the Advent season. And what I wanted to give you today, and I'm give, we'll give it to you in just a moment, is a little Advent booklet. And in here are some coloring sheets. And, and you're going to have these today, so you could start to work ahead. And I'd hope you'd bring them back to me on the fourth Sunday in Advent. Some of them are not as detailed as the others. But you can color these, and it, it'll look almost like a stained glass window when it's done. But each one of them has a word in there. And there's the word hope, and that's today. We hope for Christ's coming. The word peace, when we are living in care for each other. Joy, that sense of settledness and, and happiness goes deeper than happiness, but a, a sense of thanksgiving and joy and then love which is at the heart of Christmas and, and God's gift of Jesus is that gift of God's love. So I'm going to give you these and you can do the more complicated ones or the less complicated. I'm going to ask you to, to use your crayons or pencils, colored pencils, and take a moment as you begin to color to just say a prayer, Lord, guide me in this, this time as I think of the gift of hope, and then color as much as you can, and maybe do it a little bit each day, and then see how far you get to the fourth Sunday in Advent. The third Sunday in Advent, you'll be leading worship, and there will not be a children's sermon. So that's why I'm giving you kind of like this whole project far in advance. But the focus in this time of waiting are those themes that we've mentioned. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and gracious God, we thank you for this Advent season of preparing and watching and, as Jesus says, to be awake for his presence with us. Guide us now, these children and their families. Again, guide them as they prepare to lead worship in two weeks and as we all prepare to be ready when you come 
in glory and power. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. So if you come up, they're all ready. I'm going to everything. You know, you're very good. They're all in there. And I can give you this one. Everything's in there. It's just the one I use as an example. You want to use that one? Or take a new one? Sure. Thank you. Don't, okay, you're all going to get one excellent. Thank you. Do we have enough? I think we do. And if someone's missing, make sure they can get it on the next, any of the next Sundays in the Advent season. Let us pray. Almighty God, may the words that are spoken and how we listen be guided by the Holy Spirit and true to the Holy Gospel, that we indeed may be awake and alert for how you are present now, which makes us ready for when you come at a time we cannot predict. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So what is coming? Who is coming? When are they coming? Those are important questions, and those indeed are the questions of the first Sunday in Advent and hope perhaps the whole season of Advent. What is coming? Who is coming? And when are they coming? In December, we can easily be distracted with busy preparations that help us create and celebrate the gift of Christmas, and that is important and part of our preparation. But the meaning of Advent, which means to come, but the deeper meaning of Advent calls us to a, another kind of preparation, a preparation that we are ready when Christ comes again in power and glory. And Jesus says that preparation is about being awake, being alert, watching, waiting, spiritually ready for his arrival at a time we can't predict. We know what's coming on December 24th and 25th. That will be our Christmas celebration of the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem, Mary and Joseph, the shepherds, the angels. It is a humble birth. And we will celebrate that day, Christmas. Well, the, the season of Christmas is 12 days leading up to January 6th and the epiphany of our Lord when the wise men arrive. So we know about that. But the arrival of Jesus that we are reading about in Mark 13 is about Christ's second coming, not as an infant, not in humility, but as risen Lord and Savior to establish the kingdom of God, to gather, as you heard, Christ's elect. Sun and moon darken, stars fall from heaven, heaven itself is shaking. And I think we all want to be ready for that moment and its arrival. It would help us to know when it will happen. Indeed, in Mark 13, 3 and 4, the disciples ask the question that might be on our mind, Jesus, when will you return? And he answers, but about that day or hour, no one knows. Neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. They want to know. 
And in a sense, their prayer, their question is a crying out so that they may be prepared when he is coming. In Psalm 80, there is also a lament. The people of Israel seeking God's presence in the turmoil of the fall of their kingdom in 722 B.C. To the Assyrians they pray, Restore us, O God of hosts, let your face shine. So what has just happened in Israel is that they have been conquered by the Assyrians. And the questions for them is what, who, and when? When or, or what and what is restoring us, bringing our kingdom back? Who is God will do that and when God is in that process now? As we think of the people of Israel and all the moments when they've experienced, and this is just one, being conquered or out of their homeland, we understand that many people in Israel are sensitive to the truth that those Palestinians have no homeland. And we have heard them speak, and we know many people in Israel care because they remember their own history. In fact, a wandering Aramean was my father, is what Jacob says. Wandering means without a home. The people of Israel can be and are sensitive to those without a homeland. This restoration from Psalm 80 continues in Isaiah 64. Same questions, what, who, and when. Isaiah 64 is written after Israel's return from exile in Babylon around 538 BCE, probably before they even rebuilt the temple. Again, they have been in captivity in Babylon. They lost their homeland. They were far from home. And when they get back, guess what? Religious division. Some want to have a pure worship of God. God. Others want a king and an army to protect them. And there are many others from, descended from different tribes and regions. And what are they doing? They're disagreeing. They're not even rebuilding the homeland or the temple. They're disagreeing. What do they want? A nation living together under God. Who will do that? Well, God will. And when? Right now, then and now, it continues to happen. One of the amazing things they do in, in this passage, or those people back at, in this chapter, in repentance they pray, we are the clay, you are the potter. We are the work of your hand. We are all your people. They have asked to live under God's will. Now in Mark 13, rather than telling the disciples when he will return, he just calls them to always be ready. And he says being ready for an event you won't be able to predict, like the man coming home and he didn't tell you when. And so the, the advice, the gift, the call, the sermon Jesus gives is beware, keep alert, keep awake. You do not know when the time will come. You do not know when the master will return. And then he says it again. What I say, I say to you all, keep awake. Now being awake is not just that you're awake now listening to this sermon. 
which is great. Thank you. But the awakeness is a spiritual alertness. And in the season of Advent, we can get distracted by many things. Life is full and busy as it is, and as we prepare for Christmas, we can be distracted. And we prepare for the celebration of Christ's birth, but our focus and what really is at the heart of this lesson is our preparation for Christ's coming to establish the kingdom of God in its fullness in our midst. And this alertness is about recognizing, being present here and now, recognizing the Creator, the Savior, the Holy Spirit with us in each moment of our lives. Not just when we're praying, but when we're out there, when we're interacting with people, recognizing God with us. And as we do that, we are prepared for the hour no one can predict. The coming of Christ in power and glory is not a fearful event. It's not something to be afraid of. In spite of the sun darkened, stars falling, heavenly powers shaken, and even suffering, we are secure in God's grace, being awake, watchful, paying attention to God with us and all people, and especially with those suffering hunger, injustice, pushed away, unseen, unheard, those with no homeland. So how do we do this, staying awake in a spiritual sense? One way is certainly your daily devotions and your daily life of prayer and your worship life. Those are ways of staying awake and very central to who we are. And Jesus even calls us a little beyond that in this staying awake. The Practice of Paying Attention is the title of a chapter in a Barbara Brown Taylor book called The Altar in the World. In that chapter, she encourages the art of reverence for all people and all things, paying attention to the world and encountering and recognizing all people and all things as sacred, holy, and beautiful. Attention to what's around us and who's around us. Attention to the fact that the microphones didn't work, but someone aided and corrected the problem. Little things, but amazing moments of gospel care for one another. She writes, and I'm quoting, regarded properly, anything can become a sacrament by which I mean an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual connection. To regard something properly is to engage in the practice of paying attention, which is as simple as looking twice at a person or twice at things you might easily ignore. It is one way, she says, into a different way of life, full of treasure for those who are willing to pay attention to exactly where they are. That's being ready, paying attention to where you are, not worrying about what we're doing this afternoon, not worrying about the week ahead, not even dwelling on what didn't go right last week. No, but being here now, aware 
of who is here and what is occurring. Jesus urges us to be attentive and in that alertness, we will remain prepared for the full and final coming of God's reign whenever it comes. When we commit to the spiritual practice of this spiritual alertness, attentiveness, in a sense woke to injustice and working for justice for all, we are ready for Christ's coming and we catch the glimpse of his reign each day, okay? You're going to have a glimpse of the reign of the kingdom of God when we celebrate Holy Communion. You're going to have a glimpse into the reign of God when the children lead the service on the third Sunday in Advent. You are going to have a glimpse into the kingdom of God when on December 16th you host the community with food and clothing. Be alert to these moments of the breaking in of the kingdom of God. Jesus whispers into our hearts and into our ears. Dear children, stay awake. God's kingdom will come and we will be ready to welcome it because we have already been paying attention. We are awake, not worrying about our personal salvation. Well, that's a gift already given. We're not worried about our personal salvation. We trust the judge and where he will take us. But rather, alert to this second coming and looking outward to help those who have been overlooked, not seen, trampled down. We are ready for the return of Christ when we do justice, love, kindness, and walk with and listen to God. Now, always, everywhere. You see, God is always speaking to you. We can keep busy enough not to hear God, but God is always guiding and speaking and forming. We are the clay, and he is molding us right up to the door of death. That is a good thing. Some words I found just to share briefly that reinforce this. In Sermon 93, St. Augustine writes, and I quote, Jesus calls us to stay awake, to look upon everyone with affection and understanding. Being aware, we can recognize Jesus and prepare for Christ's arrival just by showing affection and understanding. On December 3rd of 2017, Pope Francis had a commentary on this passage, and he wrote, and I'm quoting again, the watchful person is the one who, amid the noise of the world, is not overwhelmed by distractions or superficiality, but lives in a fully conscious way, with concern first and foremost for others. In this way, we become aware of the tears and the needs of our neighbors. The watchful person also then turns toward the world, seeking to counter the indifference and cruelty in it. Jesus calls us to be vigilant, asking us to show an attentive charity towards others as an effective preparation for Christ's coming. 
and attentive charity. Then you're ready. Then you're ready. Attentive charity, affection, understanding toward all people. What is coming? Who is coming? When is Christ coming? Is not a fear or a worry. And it's not a day of dread. There may be suffering, but it's not a day to dread. Rather, it is a precious gift of God with us and all people, bringing justice, grace, peace, and God's kingdom. Just as we pray in the Lord's Prayer, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Amen. The blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with each of you. Amen.